Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 80, and the topic for today is Cultures of Wellness. And with that title, you may well think that I have the guest with me by the name of Marie-José Char, and she is in fact with us again. Welcome, Marie-José. Hi, Carl. It's very good to be back. Well, it's great to have you back and a really interesting topic for today as well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about sort of the context for what we're going to be talking about today? So far, the episodes that I have done with you, we have been concentrating on the individual's habits, what they can do to improve their own personal lifestyle. But Wellness does not happen in a vacuum. It's always easier to maintain good habits when we are surrounded by people that are also applying good principles and good habits. So today we're going to look at how we can start to reach out, expand from the circle of our own person or our own household and see how other people can join us in our quest for better health. Excellent topic. So why don't we get started with a story I think you wanted to tell us. Yes, I'd love to start with a story. And actually, it's more of a legend. So it's always a legend for me when it starts with once upon a time. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. Once upon a time, there was a brother and a sister who lived on adjoining farms. They had been farming side by side for 40 years, trading labor, trading resources as needed without ever running into any conflict. But of course, as in any good relationship, at some point, there was going to be some conflict. But in this case, it made their collaboration fall apart. It started with a small misunderstanding. It grew into a major difference. And finally, it exploded and ended up in an exchange of bitter words. And it it was followed by many weeks of bitter silence. One morning, there was a knock on the brother's door. When the brother opened the door, he found a man that was holding a carpenter's toolbox. And the man said, I'm looking for a few days' work. Maybe you have a project or two that I could help you with. And so the brother said, oh, actually I do. You see, look across the creek. That farm belongs to my neighbor. In fact, it's my younger sister. Last week, there was a meadow between us. But she spent many hours shoveling around the river levee. And now there is a creek that separates us. She did that to spite me. But I want to outdo her. And so you see that pile of lumber by the barn? I would like you to use it to build me a fence, an eight-foot fence, so I no longer need to see her place or her face anymore. And so the carpenter said, hmm, I think I understand the situation. I understand what's needed. Show me the nails and the post hole diggers and I'll do a good job. You'll be happy. So the brother said, okay, showed him everything, had to go to town. So he said, when I come back, I'll see where you're at and we'll go from there. The carpenter said, sounds good. The brother was absent for the entire day. And when he returned, after the carpenter had been sawing and nailing and measuring the whole day, what he saw, what the brother saw, was not what he expected. Rather than a big fence, the carpenter had built a big bridge. And so the brother was very upset. But as he was about to give the carpenter a really hard time, he saw his sister come across with her arms wide open. And she said, oh, brother, you are the bigger one of us. After everything I have said and done, after all the times I was wrong, you still built a bridge. I love you and I apologize. And so the brother, you know, his heart melted, of course, and they hugged. And that's how the collaboration was reestablished. What a wonderful story. (laughs) That's a great one to reinforce these core 
concepts. Great stuff. I like the story. And the reason why I wanted to share it today is because I really want to help people build bridges between their own ideal life and ideal habits and what everybody else around them is doing. So today, let's look at how we can build little bridges between us and others so that it does not turn into conflict when we don't want to do the same thing and we can all look in the same direction, which is one that's healthy. Let's start building those bridges. Absolutely. So I'd like to start with the first quote uh, from Christopher Reeve, probably someone that a lot of people will smile when they hear that name. And what he says is, at first, dreams seem impossible, then improbable, and then inevitable. So that's the spirit of today. And we're going to use the mnemonic NICE spelled with a Y. So N is no to arm twisters. Y is yes to a buddy system. C is connect to resources. And E is establish a new normal. And the first letter is N, which stands for no to arm twisters. My husband and I, we're from Montreal, but we live in the U.S. So whenever we come to visit our family, because both families are there, or, or all four, however you want to put it, it's always time for partying, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when we visit our family, and we used to visit them monthly, actually, it's always meal after meal after meal and a lot of sitting. And people would twist our arm, you know, come on, one more drink won't kill you. Come on, you got to taste Aunt Louise's you know, dessert, come on, you can skip the gym for once. We don't see you often. And we realized after a while that every time we'd go to Montreal, we'd come back home and have put on a few pounds and then spend the month losing them and then go back and start all over again. So at one point, we decided we just have to make a stance. And when you think about it, arm twisting was probably something that was really cool and really even welcome way back when you know, overeating was a really rare thing because the food was just not available. And when we were not working out or being physically active every hour of the day. So in today's context, when people overeat pretty much every day, or, or when it's so easy to overeat and when it's difficult not to, mm -hmm. and when we are so sedentary, we have to start looking at arm twisting, not as something that's cool, but as something that's really a big deterrent to people's lifestyles. So if you have arm twisters, make a stance, say no, and explain to them why you don't think it's cool anymore to do that. And make sure you don't embark in arm twisting with others as well. If they tell you, oh, I'm thinking of the gym, then encourage and support so that you can start to eliminate that kind of feeling where everybody justifies their own bad habits by making others do the same thing. Right. So no to arm twisters. It sounds also similar to or reinforced by the kinds of thinking that you've talked about before as well when People are also quick to jump on an excuse uh, to uh, get off of their plan. And uh, I think arm twisters are the perfect way. Well, you know, we're here with family. You know, I got to make my exceptions for the times that we have these family events. But like you say, you have enough of those kinds of events and you're making exceptions way too much. And so all the time stopping them saying, hey, look, I don't want to do this and make it firm, I think, not make a big deal about it, but just try to gently but forcefully and assertively make the point that no, you don't want to have any more. Absolutely. I love how you put it. Make it firm, but don't make a big deal out of it. Absolutely. So we've now said no. And now are we going to say a yes as well? 
Absolutely, we're going to say yes to health buddies. So let me tell you, I love my sleep, and I'm usually not the best morning person around. I'm a very good sleeper in the morning, so I'm usually not someone who likes to work out in the morning. But my husband and I, we just moved, and we've realized that we had to change a few of our habits. And for him, working out in the morning was the best time. And so I decided that I was going to get up earlier and work out with him. And I'm usually not a great runner as well, but we have a beautiful walking trail across the street from us. So we've decided that we were we were going to start our day with a little run together. And I have never had such a good time running. A couple months ago, you would have told me, get up in the morning to go run. I would have said, uh, no thanks. <laughs> but now I'm happy to do it. And it starts off my day in a very good manner. So the health buddy has changed this entire thing for me. And it's been very very helpful. It's also what makes processes, you know, the, all of those 12-step things like the AAs, for example, even Weight Watchers, it's the support of people around you that can really make a difference. So health buddies, great way to go. So for example, if food acts on you like magnet or metal, you know you like to eat, then find yourself a health buddy who will nudge you when they realize that you're eating too much. Or maybe even that will, you know, collect $10 from you every time you really go overboard. Maybe you'll have that bet. If you know that you are good, as you were saying, Carl, good at making excuses because mm -hmm. you don't want to work out, then have a buddy that will say, you know, you need to make time for exercise three times, four times, however you'd like a week. And at the end of the week, we'll talk about it. Or at the end of every day, see if you've exercised. Just knowing that someone is waiting to hear from you. They might not be able to come and run with you or come and do the workout every time, but maybe just the fact that somebody's going to wait to hear from you about it will keep you accountable. Now, please note that buddies don't necessarily have to be doing the same thing at the same time. That's what I was doing. They might not come running with you, but they'll just keep you accountable. Or you can have different buddies for different things. Maybe you have a buddy that makes sure you you um, you know take your walks or you bike twice a week. Another buddy that takes you to yoga once a week, and a third buddy for food. It's whatever feels comfortable, whatever feels like will be optimal to keep you on track. So three might be too many for some, might be perfect for others. As long as the buddies are also willing to do what they're supposed to do. You know, if you say I did skip today for no real good reason and you had made that bet that you were going to pay this, this other person $10 each time, well, this other person needs to collect the $10. It's not okay to say, oh, I give you a pass. Oh, I give you a pass because the goal is not to give you a pass. So if anybody here listening to us says, mm, I think I need a health buddy to keep me accountable and motivated and I want to kind of formalize that process. On my webpage, there is a buddy certificate. And actually, there's two buddy certificates. One for, you know, I'm doing this for you and you're doing that for me because it's reciprocal most of the time. And there's a second one for people who like to use multiple health buddies. So people can go on smartsandstamina.com. Then they will click on the book. And from there, free resources. And in there, they'll see the buddy certificate. It's a great idea. I would reinforce a couple of other things as well. One is to be careful who you choose as your yes. uh, health buddy. If it's somebody that's just going to be nagging you, where it's going to not be the extra boost that you need, but it's going to be so unpleasant, you know, to deal with it or whatever. So, yes. you know, be a little careful who you choose. And the other thing I was going to suggest is, while it's ideal, like the situation like you have with your husband, where you actually go do the thing together, and that in itself is great for the relationship too, that many of us yes. find that we don't spend enough time with the people that we care about. And here's a case of combining doing the working out together with a social activity with somebody that we care about. The other thing I was going to suggest is that it needn't be somebody that 
is there in person. It can actually be mm-hmm. somebody that is there even in an electronic form. I actually have this situation that I may have told you about before with my brother where he texts basically once a day, at least once a day, what exercise work he's done. He's a runner, he's a swimmer. And so he will text me and there's not necessarily a, I therefore have to reciprocate, but there's enough, you know, social pressure of, oh my God, yeah, okay, he did that much. Well, I better get going, you know, with my plan. And I don't do quite as much as he does, but it's enough of a focus like, oh yeah, that's the reminder. I better go, you know, do that. And then you feel good about, you know, texting back what Activity you did as well. So there's some mutual reinforcement sort of uh, built in. So I would add that to the very good suggestions that you gave. Absolutely. I know of a support group. Um, I think there are about eight people in that group. And at the end of every day, they send an email to everybody saying how many steps they've done because they all wear pedometers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there's breakthroughs, if there's big weeks, if there's small weeks, everybody can give a little, oh, what, you know, you you can do it tomorrow. Today you were so busy, uh, but tomorrow will be better. You'll make up for it. I know that kind of stuff. Or yoo-hoo, it was your biggest week ever. I'm impressed. That kind of stuff. So it works very well. Yeah, I just wanted to also add that some of those things go directly if you choose to. I don't, but other people do. Let it go and publish directly to the social networks as well, like Facebook. So they'll automatically report what distance they've run, how many uh, uh, laps of the pool they went or whatever with those kinds of pedometer types of technology. And I've noticed too, when people do that, there's all the support, great stuff that you you know did this. And it's another uh, support group, like you say, that is not even designated as such. It's just whoever chooses to make comments, you know, on your health plan and what you're achieving. The buddy has the advantage that if you don't post anything, they're going to kind of say, hey, right. what happened today? Right. So there's definitely that. Uh, but either way, you know, the idea is that you are branching out so that people around you help you create an environment that is leading you to becoming healthier. And it reminds me of a beautiful quote, this one by Vesta Kelly. And it says, Snowflakes are one of nature's most fragile things, but just look at what they can do when they stick together. I love that quote. When I read read (laughs) that, I thought, yeah, it's one of those where you just have to remember that on a regular basis that, you know, all these individual snowflakes and that what they actually look like when they're uh, combined. I think we're going to move on to number three, Mm -hmm. which is the C in nice, and it is connect to resources. Um, So if you think about where people live longest on the planet, it's like, you know, very far off places like Okinawa in Japan or Nicoya, the Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica or the island of Sardinia in Italy. Those places are where people live longest, not just because, you know, the air they breathe is is pure or something, but mainly because they have wellness communities where everybody tends to be doing the same thing, eating more reasonably, working out a little bit more, walking every day, connecting to loved ones face-to-face on a daily basis, that kind of thing. So again, wellness doesn't happen in a vacuum. And what we notice is that when people stick together like snowflakes to Mm -hmm. make it happen, then not only do they live longer, but they also enjoy more energy. They enjoy a delayed onset of chronic diseases. And so they don't just add more years to their lives, but also more life to their years. So my question when I see people like that is, what can I learn from them? And what I realize is that they adopt the healthy behaviors as a group. So here we tend to adopt unwellness or unhealthy behaviors as a group. So Mm -hmm. how can we change that and start doing the opposite? So number one, I would say, 
Find wellness resources in your area. Is there a restaurant, probably owner-occupied or owner-operated, is there a restaurant that serves more homemade, healthier, more plant-based, not-too-saucy dishes? Mm -hmm. And if so, this is where you want to go. This is where you want to bring your friends and where you want to offer your patronage. So the more of those kind of restaurants we can have in our area, the easier it will be to eat out and the less tempting also it will be to go to the quote-unquote wrong places. So let's support these new businesses that are popping up all around, even a cafe maybe, but that are helping us stay healthier. Second, which parks around you are most interesting? And go to them. And as you were saying, you know, post it on Facebook, tweet about it, let people know this place is cool so that when you do go, maybe you'll run into friends more often. Maybe you'll see that, you know, there's more and more people going. And so it's a place that is lively and bubbly and fun. And that will also keep the city making sure to maintain it well and maybe even expand on it, maybe hook it up to the next park with a bike trail. So those things are important. If you can find a few dollars at the bottom of your wallet for a quarterly donation for these environments as well, a lot of them have envelopes where we can support and make sure that the the property is kept is kept uh, beautiful and well maintained, so it is still inviting next year. That's also a good idea. Also, wet fitness activities are available. That's a very interesting research. We often, you know, belong to one place. You know, this is where I do my martial arts, and that's all that we care about. But maybe on Friday nights, there are some fun Zumba classes or ballroom dancing classes that are available for anybody to participate in. And maybe that's something you can do with your friends instead of sitting at the movies. Uh, Maybe you can find those things and, again, support them, help them expand, and see where that goes next suggestion I find particularly interesting is how about starting a community group and you can meet once a month maybe once every second month maybe even once a quarter but just to share the wellness resources so that maybe they'll let you know there's a new cafe that opened that's healthy there's a new park that that was expanded or hooked up to the next one maybe they'll let you know that um, an existing restaurant has now a, a healthier offer on their menu Uh, There's a restaurant near me that just changed a whole section of their menu where it used to be charcuteries and cheeses, so not the best thing to eat, and they replaced that all together with grains and greens. So I did not go very often to that restaurant. They had other things, but not enough for me to want to go often, but now I'll be there a whole lot more. So you can exchange these things with your group, let them know about what you found, learn about what they found. And maybe, you know, sometimes just like the snowflakes, we're stronger together, we feel more courageous. Maybe you can address some of those aspects of your community life that are not so healthy. Maybe you want a bike rack in your downtown area and you can together write to your mayor and and collect more signatures. Maybe you can write letters to the restaurants to say, we would love for you to offer, you know, a whole grain pasta at least on your menu or, or more greens or something like that. And as a group, you can start having impact. So that's also a suggestion that I really uh, like to offer. I think a lot of these suggestions, and I would like to reinforce them for people that are listening, that it usually just takes one person to start, you know, this kind of thing. And so, you know, you talk about putting together a a community group or reinforcing uh, and identifying particular, you know, restaurants and all that. It often is if one person will start it, and if 
people who are listening right now would be that person to say, yes. hey, let's go start this. Not all of this all at once. Just choose as we normally suggest. You start with one or two of these ideas. You can go back to what we've suggested here and try something else again in the future. But actually take the initiative later today while you're listening to this or sometime this week to take some of these things that Marie-José has just been describing and you'd be the one that starts that. And probably in a matter of matter of week or a few weeks afterwards, other people that are friends of yours are going to see that and they're going to start doing that themselves as well. But it'll start with you. So I would suggest that all these ideas, take them to heart, go at one or two of them very soon and start to make a difference. So great suggestions, Marie-José. And I think we're now up to the E in NICE? Absolutely. We're to the E and E stands for establish a new normal. So there are some things that we may take for granted, maybe not take so much for granted, but that are not the healthiest, right? Uh, I'm thinking of celebrations like 4th of July or Canada Day, uh, Thanksgiving, the holidays. And how can you look at these things and start and change them just a little bit? Now, I'm not saying, you know, give up your entire favorite spread, but how about replacing one unhealthy dish with one that's healthier? How about maybe saying, well, rather than offer a selection of six desserts at the table this year, I'll just put four so that people are not tempted to taste so much, right? And the idea is that those celebrations are not going to start and make things normal that should not be normal in our life. You know, what we consider a normal Thanksgiving really should not be normal. So how can we start looking at some of those rituals, some of those traditions, even some procedures, and see how we can start and shift them just a little bit? So here are some ideas. How do you offer recognition? And I was talking about Thanksgiving, but it can also be for smaller things, like maybe at your office, um, there are every Friday mornings, there are meetings. And maybe this week, instead of having donuts, somebody decided to also, or uh, instead of, order some fruit. Are you offering recognition to the person who'd said, let's have some fruit? So that others can realize, yeah, that might matter. That might be important. Maybe that's something we want to keep on doing. Mm -hmm. Also for the person who did it, that they keep on doing it. So how do you offer recognition to those around you? And do you recognize the healthier choices? Two is, do you give some pushback to those things that are not so healthy? So for example, if all of your coworkers brag about how little sleep they get, you know, are you giving them the reinforcement that they want saying, oh, you are so busy, you are so needed, you are so successful, this project is so important, right? Are you giving them that reinforcement? Or are you maybe making them doubt that it's a good idea to go on, let's say, five hours of, of sleep for a few days? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I, I noticed that you've looked a little tired recently, or you seem a little out of it today, you know, so give a little pushback in a friendly way so that people don't think it's cool anymore. Right. Leadership. Do you have leaders or mentors around you that can, maybe they're just a step up from where you are in their health habits. Maybe they're a couple steps ahead, but that can inspire you, maybe even give you some tips, some advice, show you the way of how they got there. Because they weren't born like that, very likely. They've had to learn. So, how do you relate with those leaders and do you take advantage of that part of the leadership that they can provide? As well, relationship development. If you're someone who has a bunch of drinking buddies because you're very good at relating to others in that fashion, 
then maybe you need to start and try developing new relationships so that when you hang out with those other people, you're not going to be, you know, binge drinking again, for example. So next time that you are in a networking event or that you have a chance to meet people, instead of connecting to those people the way you're normally used to and talk about, you know, different drinks that they might enjoy and that kind of thing. How about talking about what else might they do? Do they garden? And and maybe you need help with your garden and that's how you're going to start creating new relationships that are going to be fostering more wellness in your life. So um, I will contribute an article to the Positive Psychology News Daily very shortly and I will be saying more about this, more of those quote-unquote touch points that can help us start establishing a new normal around us. And if people would like to see more on that, read more on that, then they can go to positivepsychologynews.com and on there there is a link that says about and they can find me on, in the author's lists and they'll be able to find that article about creating better cultures of wellness. And I will also put that link on the Facebook page as well for this podcast series. I already put a link to your uh, website, including the section about you. Everybody's already had a chance to read uh, about you there. So I think that's a great resource. And you also have a, we've talked about it in the past, you also have a book about uh, these various topics that you have talked about and that we've talked little bits about at various times as well. Maybe you could also remind the listeners the name of the book and where they can get hold of that. Yes, thank you very much. So the book is called Smarts and Stamina, The Busy Person's Guide to Optimal Health and Performance. And it is 50 avenues, all of them research-based, on how we can develop better sleep, food, mood, and exercise habits. Now, these four groups of habits, as you know, Carl, are very interrelated. So we try and capitalize and leverage the good things that we're already doing in our life in order to help us do better in the areas that we're not doing quite as well. The book is full of questions. It's more of a workbook. We're not just telling them, here's how you do it, here's how you do it. We're asking questions so that they can see, hmm, does that fit my lifestyle? Do I enjoy doing this? Is that something that I can really integrate easily or is that too effortful so this is also something that people can use with their health buddies because there's a lot of questions people might pick up some of those questions and use them in order to say no to arm twisters yes to health buddies connect to resources and establish a new normal so that might be something that people will enjoy and if they do all of that when i look at my group of friends and different groups of friends, the people that start to hang out together that are of a similar mind, like being healthy, being fit, eating well, and the like, that tends to reinforce one another as well. And that the more time people spend doing that, the more they want to hang out with people that are like them and that encourage them as well in all these ways that you've described. So the more you have people around you who are of the same view and value these same kinds of things that we've been talking about here. It is a self-reinforcing mechanism, just like your overall system is a self-reinforcing system as well, right? Yes, that's true. Very well said. And for some people, the idea of embarking on a journey, journey of wellness might be scary. For others, it might be the idea to try and reach out to others, make it public, let it known that they're now on that journey. But whichever one might be difficult for you, I would like to leave people with a word of encouragement. And this is a quote from Les Brown. And he says, you don't have to be great to get started but you have to get started to be great. So that's really one of my favorite quotes, and I think it really applies very well here. I think it's perfect for 
getting to the notion that if you're going to do any of this stuff, you got to start. And we talk a lot in this podcast series and all the things, Marie-José, that you talk about in the various places that you speak, everything comes down to you can't just leave this as something that you talk about or think about, you have to actually do it as well. And so we would, I think, both encourage everybody to go through the things that we talked about on this episode, choose the first thing you want to start with, get going on it and plan on it right today and start to make a difference in your life, just like the Les Brown quote talked about. For those who need a little hand, in getting started. Mm -hmm. My co-author and I also offer an online program a few times each year. The next series is going to start July 7th, 2013. But, you know, we tend to run it a couple times each year. And it is six weeks of short videos, self-assessments, tele-seminars, different activities, readings, where people join an an online wellness community, entirely self-paced, and they can do all these activities and get feedback, reinforcement from the rest of the community and from my co-author and myself. So they also get some coaching along with that. Um, So if people are interested in joining a community like that to really get started on their next phase of bettering their health habits, then all details are on tinyurl.com slash online SAS, S-A-S, online SAS. Sounds like a great resource because a lot of the time, and we've talked about that many times in this podcast series, that there are things that you can listen to and that apply yourself right away. And other times you need a little extra help to really get rolling and doing Mm -hmm. it together as a group. So this sounds like the activity that Catherine or yourself are doing is actually that very thing that'll help people and guide people and give them sort of the support group to start with in terms of making progress in this very important area. So thanks so much for everything you do, Marie-José, and also for coming and joining us on this podcast every once in a while and sharing your wisdom with us as well. Thank you. It's absolutely my pleasure, and I am already looking forward to the next chance. (laughs) (laughs) I am too. Sounds good. We will arrange that. And I want to also thank everybody who is listening to this podcast series. It's getting more and more and more listeners all the time. And also want to thank the listeners for taking the interest that they have to improve their life and improve in these various ways as well. That's an incredibly important thing to be doing. So thank you, and we'll talk to you next time, and bye for now.